Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pesky Cole Podcast, episode 104. The Red Sox are getting hot at the right time at the trade deadline, where it legitimately looks like they could potentially be buyers and still in the wild card race. Joining me today, you've seen him last week, you've seen him probably 30 times before out of the 104 episodes, probably even more than that. Adam Wright of the Fumbrewski Podcast. Adam, what's good? Doing all right. Much better now that the Red Sox are starting to win some games, picking up steam. Life is good. It, it took it took a while for this to happen. It took a while. I feel like the New York Yankees right now where they – but the Yankees teams have always had more talent than this Red Sox team has. But just in the fact of going through the entire first couple months and just kind of being mid and then finally picking it up in June. I do have my worries about this team, but we'll get to that. I, I, I'm i still on the sell train. I still think we should sell. But if you guys are listening, make sure for my Spotify people, you hit that follow button for YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I appreciate every single one of you who listen to these episodes. Let's get right into it with a very short intro. Red Sox, officially still in last place, but not alone in last place. Can you imagine, Adam, two years ago, saying that in 2023, after the Red Sox had such a great playoff run and the Yankees had a really good season that lost in the wild card to the Red Sox, can you imagine us saying in two years that it would be at the bottom of the AL East? Mm, well, it was 2021, mm-hmm. and it's Heim Bloom. So these Moneyball teams, it's really hard to just it's, – it's so all over the place. But – Again, they're technically not in last place. Just by run, by run differential. So record-wise, yes, they have the same record as the Yankees. They're both eight and a half games out of uh, first place. But mm-hmm. by run differential, the Red Sox have the decision over the Yankees. Yes, 30. And also they have – I'm pretty sure they have them on the season series as well. But wouldn't the tiebreaker go to division record? The Red Sox have a winning record against their division this year, 16-11. and 11. What, what about the Yankees? Do you know that? I'm trying to look for it. I don't see it. I'm not sure. Look it up on StatMuse. They have everything. All right, I'll do um, that But I do know that the Red Sox have a winning record against the AL East, 11-4 in their last few games against the, a- the AL East. So they're getting better against their division. It's not just that, oh, you know, they just have a barely winning record. No, they've, they've been killing it. Mm-hmm. No, they've been actually extremely hot. And even in the last 10 games, like we talked about before we hit the record button, six-game win streak, 9-1 in our last 10. They've, they've climbed their way back, and it's at a perfect time because the Rays, who have been dominating this division, are struggling right now. The Rays are 3-7 and seven in their last 10. They only have a game and a half on the Orioles right now. The Orioles are in contention for the division lead, which scares me. Yeah, but the Orioles aren't your typical second place team, are they? They, if there were any in any other division, they'd be they'd be division leaders, Which quite literally. Silly. Yes, if there, anyway. any team not named the Braves is not as good as anyone in the AL East division right now. Mm-hmm. You you have to be at least slightly scared of this Orioles team, though. Not necessarily for right now, 
because I don't think they have enough to win right now. You Orioles? Yes. Probably not, no. But the prospects that they have with Adley still getting up there, Jackson Holiday, I believe, hasn't made his MLB debut yet. They have a guy named Hector Kierstad who's doing really good in the minor leagues. There's somebody else I'm forgetting. Gunnar Henderson, is that his name? Not sure, but they have a good they they, they have, have a good a young team. Ton of prospects. They they've been doing some crazy good drafting. In all honesty, you know, as much as we've a clowned on the Orioles and made them the bitch of the AL East for the last ten years, that little brother's sticking up for himself now. It's kind of pissing me off because there's no one to stomp on in the regular season. There, there's no true easy games in the AL East. You have the fight against the Yankees, who are struggling right now, but are still doing good. Uh, the Blue Jays, who are have a great team themselves. The Orioles, who are in contention. And the Rays, who have always done this kind of small ball thing to get a really good team around them. There, there's no there's no maneuvering around this team. you got you got to just face them head on. You know what I mean? I agree. But only two games out of the wild card. Right now, Baltimore leads it. Houston and Toronto are at 51 and 41. Those are our three wild card teams. The Red Sox and Yankees are right out of it at two games back. Seattle five, uh, Cleveland five and a half, and the Angels six. First of all, you got to feel bad for Angels fans, and you got to feel bad for Trout and Otani. Well, not oh, not Otani. Otani's Otani's got one foot out the door, mm-hmm. and he's going to be on a contending team real soon. He's going to get the bag. And a half. Some people are saying he's going to get a uh, like thirteen year, seven hundred million dollar deal. I would not be surprised. And I wouldn't either. But that's I, that is disgusting. That's a disgusting amount of money. That's like what? Quick math off the top of my head, probably around fifty five million dollars a year. Fifty five. Yeah, for an MLB player. That, did you know that the guy is – I mean, I didn't realize his statistics were so good this year. But yes. especially batting, he's over 332 home runs on the year. Mm-hmm. Not he only is that, killing he's, it. He's leading the Angels in every statistical – every major statistical category for both pitchers and hitters. It's just gross. He's not having the best year pitching, though. No. 3.5 he's, he's, ERA. What? Is that seven three point five ERA? That's still good. Well, is that $700 million good? Along or? with the batting? Hell yeah. Maybe it's, it's 300. I'll give you 300. What? I'll give you 300 mil. But I don't know. I just For how think many 700 years? So 700 mil is so inflated. That doesn't talk. That doesn't speak to Otani's talent. That speaks to how bad uh, inflation has gotten in the MLB. Where yes. players are just getting these massive contracts just because. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's the same thing in the it's the same thing in the NBA. It's not just an MLB problem. I mean, if you look at this offseason, do you know who Fred Van Vliet is? No. He well, got, yeah, yes, I do. But he um he got, um, I mean, I'm th- I'm not. We're not talking about the NBA. The NBA, no, no, no. They, they have the same issue, same, but the same. It's it's the same issue. I mean, he got forty three point three million dollars a season. Guy named Jeremy Grant got a five-year, hundred sixty million dollar deal. Those are deals that used to be only for stars, and now these guys who are yeah borderline all stars are getting their max deals. Well, the NBA, the N, the uh, the NFL isn't like this. 
The NFL in some, is not in, like this now. In some positions that it is, I mean, but rightfully so because the court it's a the court the NFL is a quarterback driven league, but mm-hmm. in the MLB, it's in the NBA where it's, there's a lot of there's a lot more individualism. Mm-hmm. It kind of there you you can see a little bit of it, but it's it's bad. Yeah. All right, let's keep going though. This Red Sox team is is in that middle position, but trends are looking up right now. After the past two weeks, trends are looking up. Adam, I asked this question two weeks ago. I'll ask you again. Buy or sell or do nothing. I was so firm on the on the on the sell bandwagon. And I might still be, but the more I think about the buying option, the more I like it. Mm-hmm. I'm just where this is the Boston Red Sox. We don't sell off. That's not it. That's not in our DNA. We should be mentioned in the same breath as the New York Yankees, where no matter what, if you are competitive, you especially if you're just two games out of a wild card spot, you go and buy and you try to make a playoff run with the resources you have. The Red Sox, they should never finish in last place. They -hmm. shouldn't. I know this. I know this division is tough this year, but you are the Red Sox. Right. We should be thinking of ourselves a little a little more highly than to say, you know what, we can't compete with the Blue Jays. No, I think we I think we kind of can. And the Yankees are having a down year by their standards. Yeah. I think they can I I do think there are some moves that can be made here where the Red Sox can be competitive. And I think people were this is the same issue that we had last year. They had a competitive team go uh, going into July. They did nothing to improve the roster. In fact, they did they did more to hurt it. And then they had a putrid d- July. They ended up having to sell. They had no choice. And then next thing you know, they finished in last when they mm-hmm. could have been potentially a playoff team. They were 11 yeah. games over 500 in the end of June. The start of July. Yeah. Like, what the hell are we doing here? Come on. Mm-hmm. So there's three main reasons for me why I'm sticking to sell at this point in time. There's three main reasons. Number one, what's this team lacking right now? Star talent. As you've stated multiple times, we have the bench guys. We have the utility guys. We don't have stars, correct? In, in our pitching <sighs> rotation, besides brain Bayo being a soon to be star, we don't have any stars in the pitching rotation, correct? I think Bayo's kind of kind of there, almost there. He's had he had some growing pains, but I think he's he's basically there. But excluding, um, excluding Bayo, who I you, just said is almost there. James Paxton, team, you did. He's not, not a star. He's not, not a star, but he's a solid days. number two. He's and a solid number four. This year. He has yes. an ERA in the twos. And before he was injured for like three years, he was a pretty solid <laughs> starter then. He just looks like his old self. I, I don't trust it at 34. At 34, you can be great. 34, unless you, show you can me. have pretty good seasons. You remember Rich Hill late in his career? He was still pretty good. He's still career. kicking around. Exactly. He's still it's doing possible. good. I mean, it happens. But, but you have like Chris Martin, who's at a 157 ERA. You going to call him a star? No, I think he's no. a solid setup man. Mm. Yeah, there's a, there's an argument to be made there. I'm not saying he's a star, but but 
quality setup men co come and go as just so quickly. I think, yep. yeah, he's a solid. I, I don't, I don't think that's a fluke. Yeah, in terms of our team, though, right? If you look at the pitching staff, who's going to be here in four years? In four years, Brian Bayo, Brian Bayo, Tanner Houck, Garrett Whitlock, Whitlock, mm -hmm. uh, Cutter Crawford. Uh, the way he's been playing, debatable. Uh, he's been very up and down. He's a middle of the rotation starter yes. to the to and back. Then, which is, I mean, you can't expect everyone in your rotation to be an ace. So no, no, I I get that, but it would it would be those three and Josh Minkowski. Those would be the four that I'm throwing in into a conversation of guys that'll be here in four years. Everybody else, if we go through, right? Chris Sale will be 38. He's not done well enough to deserve a sec another contract. No. James Paxton will be 38. Kenley Jansen will be 39. Pavetta will be 34. Martin will be 41. Kluber will be 41. Brazier is gone. Uh, who else? And that's about it. Because the other guys like Taylor Scott finally gets his um, chance in the bigs. Um, do you know Taylor Scott? I know him from last night. Yes, so Taylor Scott we acquired from the Dodgers for cash. In my opinion, when the trade happened, I'm like, look, this bullpen needs all the help it can get. You bump him up to the majors, this is the last year of his deal. You bump him up to the majors, you let him pitch as much as humanly possible, and you just see what you got there. If you have something great, awesome. If you don't, you release him or you send him back down. No harm, no foul. Right? They Last night, this trade happened a month ago. Last night was the first time he got any action in the mix for the Red Sox. Yeah, it didn't look good. It wasn't great. Uh, what did he end up doing? Well, two innings. No runs nope. allowed. Nope. Nope. Oh, Two-thirds of an inning. Two-thirds of an inning. He allowed a he allowed a hit, walked two, so he loaded the bases. They had to bring in Kenley Jansen to slam the, slam the door oh, okay. and get that last out. So Yeah, because... Yeah, because his FIP is above six, his whip is one point five. Yeah, I, I could see it now. But in in two games, I'm sorry. Yes, in two games, he started a game. Why? I'm so he started a game and only went one point one innings. What game was that? And they didn't allow a run, and they took him out after 1.1 innings of starting? I, I'm i very confused. I, also, I never understand this team. Go ahead. Also, I just want to quickly address their pitching staff. So just looking looking at it, how they have it right now. They have Brian Bayo as their one. Yep. They have uh, Paxton as their two. Currently, Crawford as their three. And then after that, it's very open. They have bullpen days. They have a lot of stuff going on there. If they yeah, were to buy, Lux hurt, Hawks were hurt. If they were to buy, mm -hmm. they would need to get themselves a middle of the rotation starter, so that Cutter Crawford could be the four. You figure out the five with maybe Pavetta, Hauk, whichever way you want to twist it. Mm -hmm. But after that, if you have that middle of the rotation starter, this is a pretty solid rotation then. The problem with it is I I need – for this team to compete, you need a star. Like, let me let me get back to my three points. You don't have one in the pitching rotation, and you have just one 
possibly you can make an argument for a second one, but your true star is Rafael Devers. Devers, Cheetah. Yeah, you can make an argument for Yoshida, who's batting 316. You can even make an argument for Duran, who's batting 320. You can make an argument I, for Duran. You can make an argument for Turner because mm, he, let, let's face it, this guy throughout his career has been a very good player, and clearly yeah. he still has it. Clearly, we, Heim made the right move signing this guy because clearly he can still do it. I, the, the and only reason, I'm going to bring I, up your boy Verdugo, too. Yep. The only reason I'm going to kind of stay saying no on Turner that the signing wasn't good is because we used the money we should have used to bring back um, uh, for Bogarts. I, I agree. I agree. That, I love, that, that's I, the only reason Bogarts I'm still too. out on the signing is because we used this money. $10 million at Turner. $6 million at Duval. Right? $6 million on Kluber. We used yeah, all that money to just get with what Bogarts the road got, guys. Man. With what? what Bogart's got, it's it's just not. We could have paid him. We could have paid him. It's definitely he's, worth it. Bogart's he's a thirty-year-old shortstop, man. Bogart's Bo- was going to have his number last. retired. He's a thirty-year-old shortstop. Those those guys don't last. If they were to move him to DH, if he if they were to move him to DH, then okay, he has a few years left. But shortstops break down really fast. Once they turn thirty. Uh, I'm I'm still I'm still on the road that he he could have lasted six more years the Red Sox shortstop out of that ten, also, and also, his his number would have been in the yeah. Raptors. Also, his let me give been up on that. I it's we'll have to agree to disagree there. We'll we'll mm-hmm. also never know. But let me give you another name. Now his numbers don't jump out at you yet. In the mm-hmm. last thirty games, he's batting two ninety four. Tristan Cassis may be batting 229 on the year, but that's because he had such a bad start to the season. Yep. He's young. He's only 23 years old, and he's been on fire lately. Batting. Beautiful thing. Two, no, 297 in his past 30 games, 283 yep. in, his last, in his last 15, 250 in his last seven. Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, cooled off a little bit. Cooling off a little bit, but if it turns out that this kid can play, and they actually found themselves a solid blue chip, a solid blue chip prospect, the first one since Raphael Devers came up, mm-hmm. then there's another one. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm, I'm starting. The more I look at this Red Sox team, the more I'm kind of convinced that this team can that this, this team can do something. And you can make I I agree with all of your arguments for buy. For, uh, excuse me, for selling. You I didn't agree even with let all me finish. You only let me finish one. I still have two more. <laughs> all right. Keep well, cutting all, me off. I'm asshole. sorry. Keep, keep going. <laughs> I'll be quick. It's not like this is my show or anything. Number two, you look at the competition that you have to face through for the rest of the year. And I'm not talking about this month, which we'll get into our competition for the rest of this month. But I'm talking about the end of the year and playoffs. Right? If you look at it. Are you going to be able to beat Tampa Bay in a seven-game series? Are you going to be able to beat even Texas in a seven-game series? Going over to the other side, are you going to be able to beat the Braves in a seven-game series? The Dodgers, if you make it to the World Series. Well, if you make it to the World Series, anything happens. Are you going to be able to beat those guys in a seven-game series? I'm saying with this current roster that we have right now, no. So that's why I'm not in 
if if we make it to the dance, we make it to the dance, you know. But I'm saying, it, it, you have the opportunity right now to get some decent prospects back. Just do your best, go get them, right? Uh, what was my third reason? You you left me off my third reason. Um, you don't have these written down? No, I just thought of three reasons off the top of my head, and there's two of them, and the third one will probably come back to me later. But in terms of let me let me just go back to my star power one. There's maybe three guys you can get that can bolster this team that aren't quote unquote. Well, one of them is a star, but there are three real guys you can go get that will really help this team. And one of them I've said before, Zach Jackson from the Athletics. You can go and get him for pretty cheap because he's a reliever. He can come in and be a great setup man for you. And Oakland is just fire sailing right now. They're looking to be the worst team in the league. They are. The second guy who you will have to resign after this year, I'll say it, is CJ Crow. Killing it in um, Colorado. He's doing very well this year. You only have him under contract for another three months. You got to resign him, like I said, but might be worth the risk. It, it might be another, you know, um, Hunter Renfro kind of thing. No, or Schwarber. We only had Schwarber for like three months. It might be another Kyle Schwarber attempt, but it's someone you can put at DH first right field and someone who can, I mean, think about it. While Trevor Story is injured, we'll get into this. Justin Turner started playing second base. Um, the plan, and this segues me right into the next thing. Uh, the plan for Justin Turner right now is, and this is what Cora said, Brian Bayo is a ground ball pitcher. Brian Bayo. Brian Bayo. Sorry, I keep saying Brian. You can you can put the the, the pronounce the uh, spelling is weird, but yes, you can put um, Turner at second base once a week when Bayo's pitching, and you can slide Crone over to DH, let Casas play first, or on other days. Um, you can, if Crone, Crone could be one of those guys where you can manipulate the lineup a little bit, right? If Verdugo needs a day off, you put Crone in right. And it just completely eliminates Adam Duvall, first of all, because Adam Duvall sucks right now. He's terrible. So it completely eliminates Adam Duvall, gets you another really hot bat to put in, and someone who can really work well in Fenway. And then the third guy, Adam, you're going to hate me for saying this, is going to be Francisco Lindor. That's the star you need. And They're not going to trade for Francisco Lindor, if especially can, when... If you could somehow convince the Mets to take on Trevor Story, it's a perfect deal. If you can't convince them to take on Trevor Story, we have on some problems. But is he has a nine-year deal. I understand. But you can make... You can give up two top 30, barely top 30 prospects and someone who's MLB ready right now, AKA a Christian Arroyo or a Trevor story. They have the money to bring them in. They have the money. The Red Sox are like 30 mil underneath their limit right now. I just don't think what they need at shortstop is, or just in the middle infield is legitimately a star, just a guy who can play defense there and who can put the bat on the ball. Adam, maybe Adam, maybe Adam. someone who's batting 250. Adam, you you were the guy who were who was saying this team has too many utility players. We, I agree. We, we we're all just utility players. And now you're saying we don't need the star, go for more utility players. 
Well, to go for another you another star is just unrealistic for the for the trade deadline. That's just the Mets. The can't... Mets are the Mets are fire sailing. Scherzer wants out. Everyone wants out of there right now because they're legitimately ten games back of the wild card. Eight games back. I'm sorry. Eight games back of the wild card and seven games under 500. Right, and I just don't think Heim is going to buy into a superstar. I think he'll buy into a Kyle Schwarber level talent, but he's not going to go and get a Francisco Lindor. That's just it's just unrealistic. As much as I would love it for him to be there, I just don't think they're going to do it. Especially since Heim is big on Trevor Story. He wants him back. Um, and when you commit to Francisco Lindor, you're basically going back on your own decision that you just made a year ago. He's not going to do it. Which was the wrong decision. It might have been the wrong decision, but he's going to stick with it. And he believes it's the right one. Mm -hmm. By the way, going into our next subject, um, I just have to intervene on this really quick. In terms of run differential, right? The Colorado Rockies have a run differential of minus 142. Stick with me here. The Braves or the Reds and the Brewers who are leading their divisions are both minus 10 and minus 12. Um, and then Kansas City, who is second to last in the AL, has a minus as differential of minus 155. And then there's Oakland. Take a guess. Mm. Hang on. Ah. Take a wild guess at how bad Oakland's been this year. Oakland. I'm going to go out on a limb and say minus 249. Yeah, thanks for looking it up. I just have the ESPN app open. Shut up. All right. Mine, uh, going on to the next thing. Uh, N- Nesson just put out an article yesterday. Four bold Red Sox predictions for the second half of the 2023 MLB season. Adam, you got to tell me, are we believing in it? Do we think this is going to happen or is it not going to happen? What's okay. going to happen? The four things that I'm about to say to you. All right. Number one. And these aren't really bold. It's just clickbait for the title. Number one. The trade deadline will result in a Red Sox reunion. And they gave out three names uh, or four names. Joe Kelly, Rich Hill, Adam Adovino, Erod. They forgot Michael Walker. Michael Walker. You can add in there. But someone who used to be a former Red Sox will be back on the team by the end of the trade deadline. Rich Hill's a good one. I, I, That's not even bold, yeah. I think Rich Hill's a good one. That's a middle-of-the-rotation starter who could actually help the team. Mm-hmm. Rick, Rich Hill's 43, though. We yeah, trying but, to become a geriatric home, Adam. The guy, it, back in 2015, the guy was still playing well. We've he's been, He's already been here for three different stints in <laughs> Boston. <laughs> Before, so, after being 35. I do. I trust him. He's, he's so. A so what you're telling me right now? What you're telling star. me is you. What you're telling me right now is you want Rich Hill to be the Brian Hoyer of the Boston Red Sox. Is that what you're telling me right now? I'm fine with it. He's better than Brian. Ho- he's better at pitching than Brian Hoyer is at playing quarterback, and he's 43. It's terrible. Let's have him terrible. be a coach. Screw it. Have him be their <laughs> pitching coach. Yes, I'm fine with that. What about Erod? Edward unrealistic because he was having an incredible year before he got hurt. But if he came mm-hmm. here, I would be ecstatic. Me too. Um, and I, th- I think there's a little bit more possibility than you think. 
he went to the Tigers because they were they I don't know if you remember, but they went all in on that kind of free agency class with Erod, and he was the main point. There's a player option after this year. He can opt out of the final three years. Detroit's 40 and 50, 10 games out of it. I, I think it's a legitimate possibility that he gets traded. He could, but I don't know if it's going to be to Boston. Yeah, possibly, but unlikely. Uh, number two, Tanner Houck will become a bullpen weapon. Instead yes. of being. Uh, yes, he already is. Which I think he needs to be. Right now, he's still hurt. Um, but he can. I honestly. Actually, who would you rather have as a starter, Whitlock or Houck? I'm leaning towards neither now. I know I've I know I've been selling Whitlock as a starter for a long time, but with the amount he's been hurt, I think he's more of a long reliever, Andrew Miller type of pitcher. No, he's more of a setup man. Telling you. Either way, either way, I think we both agree that I think we both agree he be in the bullpen now. I I am I am officially changing my take on that. I did believe that Whitlock should be a starter because I think if he if he can do it, then he's he's a bigger he's a, makes a bigger impact as a starter. But mm-hmm. I just don't think he can't stay healthy there. Mm-hmm. So put him in the bullpen. Yep. Put both uh, of them in th- the bullpen. Uh, but then you're running out of starters. I would I would say uh, Whitlock definitely. How if you have another choice that's at a starting pitcher. That's not named Corey Kluber. Number three, Rafael Devers will reach 40 homers this year. He already has 20. Will he double that in 10 less games? What's up? I'm sorry. There's <laughs> my dog just walked in. No, you're okay. What were you? I'm so, sorry. What were you saying? Yeah, all right. Oh, it's my golden retriever lab mix. You got to get Doug on camera. My dog, my he was just on camera. My door doesn't latch, so he just walks and he knows it. So he walks in and out as he so pleases. <laughs> he came in, he walked in, and he slept on my legs last night. That was fun. Um, Woke up and my legs couldn't even feel him. He's a hundred so, pounds. Sorry, keep going. You're all right. Devers will reach forty homers this year. Yes, he did forty and ninety, or he did twenty and ninety-one games. Can yes. he do twenty more in seventy-one? Yes. Yes. I'm I'm going to say he hits 36. 40 uh, to hit 20 homers in 71 games. That's a tall task. Very I tall think, task. yeah. See, I think he hasn't played his best baseball this year. He's been batting sub sub 250 batting average baseball all, all season long. He's just started to heat up. He just hit two home runs um, last night. So I think mm-hmm. he's. I think he can do it. His best baseball is ahead of him this season. I I just don't know about forty. I I think I think what what you said is true. Forty is a little tall. Uh, number four, Masataki Yoshida will be named the AL Rookie of the Year. Um, it's a possibility. There's too many names. Well, out right there. now. Right now, it's a two-man race between him and uh, Josh Young. And Josh uh, Young. Brian Bayo should be in there, by the way. Bayo's not. As he should. Right now. He should, but he hasn't played. He hasn't had enough good time. That makes there, sense. 
people are looking at this kid like they looked at Pedro Martinez, like how they had Pedro Day and they had Sale Day. There's now yep. a Bayo Day. Like they're actually, mm. it's it's unbelievable. It's making fans actually love baseball again in Boston, and which is great. awesome. So, are we are we agreeing with that one or disagreeing? Um, yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. Rookie, by the way, he needs more home runs. He has ten so far this year. Mm-hmm. He was he was hotter with the home runs earlier on in the year, but yeah, I could I'd say he could do it. Mm-hmm. Hey, and you know this team right now. Um, before we get into our final thing, uh, this team right now has a 25% chance of making the postseason 1.1% to win the world series. So you're saying there's a chance if they make the post it's the baseball's about making the postseason at this get, point, get to the dance, get there like the 2021 red Sox. get there and then see what, see what you do. Mm-hmm. They, ha- they faced three AL East opponents. They beat them all and it was pretty awesome. I think it was two, but Still, you okay. got past the Yankees. You got past the Rays. That was a cool season. But so I digress. Can you name me the top five players for this team in war right now? The top, the leaders of this team when it comes to war. Wins above replacement. Wins above replacement. I'm going to go Yoshida. Devers. Yoshida's number six. Devers uh, is not in there. Devers isn't in there. Uh, Devers I'll go Duran. Duran is having himself a nice year. Jaron Duran is number five with a 1.9 war. Okay. Um, I'll take Verdugo. He's having a pretty solid year. Verdugo is number one with a 3.2 war. Number one. Number he's one. He's killing it. Um, Justin you got one Turner. Young guy, uh, uh, you got two young guys and one old guy. Justin Turner's number seven. Justin Turner is seven. Okay. Um. And I'm I'm forgetting with the war statistic. Is that only position players? Nope, it's pitchers too. Okay, yeah, Brian no Bayo. Brian, or there's two pitchers. I'm sorry, Brian Bayo is number two with a 2.9 war. Brian. For those for those who are out there who don't know what war is, war means wins above replacement. Meaning, if you were to stick the most average of average guys at that position, how much is, for example, Brian Bayo helping you? Well, he's giving you almost three more wins than an average person would at that position that makes sense so you got verdugo at one bayo at two and jaron duran at five i need one older guy and one younger guy who's not a starter or technically he is a starter now give me paxton paxton's number three and a 1.9 war yep so that's the older guy yep um geez i'm shocked he's doing this well um I want to go. There's a couple. So he's a starter now. He's a starter now. Position player. Position player. Okay. Uh geez. Okay. Ooh. I'm trying to think. Uh, I'll go Duval. Nope. He's a starter. Connor now. Wong. He's on the Connor Wong. That's right. With a 1.9 WAR. And we thought he was bad coming out of the Mookie Betts trade. He does. He, well, he is bad. That, He's not great. Especially let's, for Mookie. Uh, that whole trade for that for Mookie. I like I like Verdugo. I resent yeah. him because he re, he represents what they got 
out of that trade. You basically yeah. got another Andrew Benintendi. You got better than Andrew Benintendi. Say what you want. They're very close. It's, it's close, but it's not. It's still clear cut. On who's Actually, playing. it's a lot closer than you think. I, I was looking at this last night. You want to see? Since yeah, we, we gotta, since we've been going on about Andrew Benintendi, we, we, we got to move on. All right, because we're already thirty-five minutes in. You want to know right. what the stolen base difference is? is stolen bases, really? That's what we're going with. Stolen base, batting average, actually, career on base percentage and RBIs, since those are what matter most to you. Mm-hmm. Benintendi has them in both, and stolen bases by a mile, seventy-eight. For Andrew Benintendi, 18 for Verdugo. Verdugo's never been a stolen base guy. Well, Benintendi is, and he can play defense. You're, you're a failure. Anyway. So, Batting average Sox, is the same. Shut up. Red Sox have two against the Cubs, three against the Athletics, three against the Mets, two against the Braves, three against the Giants. Okay? So it's two, four... 7, 10, 12 games. Out of those 12 games, how many do you think are legitimately wins? Well, I think the out of the 12 games, I've only been looking at the past, the next eight, since those are against sub-500 teams. Mm-hmm. By July 25th, the they could easily find themselves 10, 11 games above 500. Yes. Um, after that, the Braves, oh, we'll see what happens there. I, I honestly wins. don't think they take one against the Braves. They might Being not realistic. take one. If they take one, they, they might be able to steal one. Since It's a, it's a long 162-game season. If they split, that's great. But we're also counting we're, we're counting Seattle, too. Mm-hmm. That's a three-game no, 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 set, no. right? No, uh, Seattle's after. Seattle is the last day of the month into next month. For, right. Um, Seattle's Seattle. right after the Braves. Uh, nope, the Giants. Giants? Who are also yeah. kind of in the same boat as the Red Sox, both teams. Well, the Gi- yeah, the Giants are fifty and forty-one, and in the playoff hunt. Right. So I would say they can they can go five hundred against those teams. Which it, it, so it'll be six games uh, between five games. those five, five games. games. Okay, so they can't go five. I think they win two. I'll go, I'll go three and two. I'm going to go two and three on those. Either way, or, it's tre- it's treading water, and yeah. that that brings you right up until the trade deadline. Which for, will probably have you about 10 games above 500. Yep. Because, I mean, legitimately for the Cubs, um, A's, and Mets, for those eight games, I think you win six. I think you probably lose one to the Mets and you lose a fluky one to the Athletics because you're away. Sure. But in terms – I think you take two against the Mets because the Mets suck. You take definitely two against the Athletics because the Athletics are the worst team in baseball. And then you take the next two against the Cubs. You sweep the Cubs. Cubs I don't know. I don't know about the Cubs. I don't know about the Cubs. So tonight it's Paxton against Mm -hmm. Strawman, though. uh, Strawman. Yep. And then it's Crawford against Steele. Mm -hmm. And Steele has a 2.56 ERA. Crawford has been just a solid starter. He's been, you know, middle of the rotation guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe they take two, two of three, but we'll see. I, I, I think they could sweep. I think they could sweep. But they can sweep all of these teams. Mm-hmm. They, they have the potential. Will it actually happen? 
if they sweep if they sweep them all they better be buyers i'm just saying they better be buyers if they sweep them all that would mean that they have like a 12 game winning streak okay i'll say this in front of the camera so my words can't be twisted if the red Sox sweep the cubs the athletics the mets the braves and the giants all in a row then yeah, I'm going yeah. to be the I'm going to be the main the uh, main host of the next show. No, that's what that's what's going to happen. No, then I'm going to be the first one boarding the train, or I'm going to be hopping on the bandwagon for the buy train. I'll say, yeah, that. you bandwagoner. At least I'm starting to buy in before that <laughs> before that even happens. You're just all like, well, they should still sell. Their yeah, day. you're you're hopping on the bandwagon after they went nine and one. Get off your high horse, okay? The Boston, the Boston Red Sox should never be sellers unless they absolutely have to and they mess the, mess it up themselves. If you you're six like games above 500, if you're six games above 500 at this point in the season, do not sell. Come on. I saw and it's about to get better for them because they have the next eight games is a soft schedule for them. It's about mm-hmm. to get better. Okay. So for those of you who do not know. Um, Adam is the host of the Fumble Rooski podcast. It's a really good football podcast. What I like to do with it's the, real, end of the episodes, it's really, really good. Yes. What I like to do at the end of my episodes is I take my guest and I quiz them in their sport of choice. So with Adam is football. Um, Actually, it's basketball. I think I know that sport pretty well. I don't know about that. I'm a big soccer guy, the UEFA Champions League and all the MLS and stuff like that. I love soccer. Really? Yes. I love seeing fans sing throughout an entire sporting event and <laughs> riot and storm the field and behead referees. It's amazing. It's like the Adam, stone age out there. You need to name me every NFL MVP since 2013. Go. Every Okay, so 2014, it you was. Don't, you don't have to name them in order. Just give me names, I, and I'll I tell you. I gotta go in order. 2014, it was Rogers. Well, then you need to start in 2013. 2014 20. was Rogers, yes, and uh, 2020 and 2021. So you already have three down with Rogers. All right, and then 2015. Ooh, who was the MVP in 2015? Ah, uh, ah, oh, geez, it was Cam Newton. Then it was. Man. Then in. 2016 it was Matt it was Matt Ryan 2017 it was Brady 2018 shoot who was the MVP in 2018 it was Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes for 2018 and 2022 you're missing 2019 and 2013 uh 2019 who was the league MVP who was the league MVP in 2019 I bet it's just going to oh who was the MVP in 2019? Wasn't it? Ooh. Something is just going to come to me. Um, I, I'm I'm blanking on 2013. 2019's on the tip of my tongue. Was it a it wasn't a, it was a quarterback, wasn't it? They're all quarterbacks, yes. They're all quarterbacks. Um 2013. Jesus Christ, how did I miss Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning, 2013. <laughs> All right. I was waiting for it. So I'm like, damn, I'm like, that that's really escaping me. But 2019, ah oh, man, man. I'm trying to think. Um 
Yeah. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Very good. There you go. With no hints. Bonus points. Can you name me the one defensive MVP since the 1980s? Uh, Lawrence Taylor. That that quick? Really? It's, per, it's common knowledge. I know there was a defensive tackle whose name is escaping me, and there was a kicker too. Okay, yeah, I was just going to say, bonus, bonus. Can you name me the one kicker to ever win MVP? I don't know who the kicker is. I just know that one won it. I keep, it's it's I don't know off the top of my head. Do it you know is him? Is Mark Mosley? No, I would Mark never Mosley. be able to get that in a million. And years. who's the defensive tackle? Uh, defense tackle was Alan Page. That Alan one Page. I would have. Yep. Um, and then there was a fullback. There was one Jim Brown, technically considered a fullback, even though he's a running back. There's one true fullback here, which is Jim Taylor. 1962 Green Bay Packers. I mean, yeah, but back then every position actually mattered equally. It wasn't a yes. quarterback-driven league like it is now. Yes, but then after that, ever since 1987, all you've had is quarterbacks and running backs. Can you believe a kicker won it? Like just that thinking was, about just that's a weird year. I thought it was weird in 27 and uh, 2016 when Ju when Justin Tucker finished top 10. Mm -hmm. But. For one to actually win the damn thing. I mean, that is. Bonus points. Can you name me the last running back to win? MVP? Last running back. Adrian Peterson. Very good. With that being said, Adam, you got anything left to say to the people? Uh, go follow the Fumble Rooski podcast. Uh, we talk all things football. You know, we are kind of having a fun summer where we, you know, we preview the upcoming season. We do player rankings, top five at each position. I believe this week is it's going to be wide receivers. So that's a good one with quarterbacks mm -hmm. coming up. We do honors predictions, all that fun stuff, and we preview every division and how it's going to go. So it's been a fun season. It's gonna we're gonna continue to have some fun. Go join. You'll be entertained and you know, you'll get your football content to hold hold yourself over before spr uh before spring training. Before Close the balls. uh preseason, it's basically the same. Basically uh before the, the preseason starts. So, mm -hmm. you know, we're going to we're going to have some fun here. All right, with that being said, thank you guys so much for listening. 46 minutes. Good good length for a podcast episode. I appreciate you guys. God bless each and every one of you. I'll see you guys. Next stop. I don't wanna see anybody fall apart. Even though you told me to get back your heart, I still spin inside your orbit. Yeah. You say that I should probably start to walk away. I'm hoping that you stop and make me have to stay. Cause I'm floating in your orbit. Yeah, I'm stuck in your space. Just my luck. Push me away, you understand. There's nothing left to stay.
I don't 